0: For the 2016 election, two Florida counties um, experienced intrusion into the Supervisor of Election
1: Networks. Oh, really? Huh. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair, and I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you I am Yes, I'm stuck in the middle From Pacifica with Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, and Round Mountain on KKRN, and in Eureka on KGOE, Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN. In Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950, KTNF. We also stream for you every day, coast to coast and around the globe on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Colesandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker... And all around swell fellow, says me from Bradblog.com, with the delightful Desi Doyen as ever by my side. Hello, Desiree. Hello, I am here. All right, coming up, (laughs) uh, don't be too excited, coming (laughs) up on the heels of Tuesday's new disclosures from Florida's new Republican governor that the FBI now claims at least two Florida County election systems were infiltrated by Russian intelligence before the 2016 election. We will speak with the great Ion Sancho, supervisor of elections for some 30 years in Leon County, Florida, the state's capital, Capital about uh, what he was told by the FBI before the presidential election in uh, 2016 and what we now know and don't about the county election systems said to have been infiltrated Intruded upon by Russia and how now former Democratic U.S. Senator Bill Nelson was railroaded as a kook and conspiracy theorist by then Republican governor, now U.S. Senator Rick Scott, before the 2018 election, where both Scott and the new Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, both are said to have won by incredibly close margins in 2018. But guess what? Just as we told you at the time, despite a supposed recount in Florida last year, uh, in both of those races where they where, where they just run the same paper ballots through the same computer scanners a second time, whether they have been hacked or not, nobody knows. Nobody knows if either Scott or DeSantis actually won in Florida in 2018. Much less whether Donald Trump legitimately defeated Hillary Clinton there by just over one percent back in 2016. I, uh, I, I have, I, I know how uh, Bill Nelson uh, may feel after having coming out with those what are now known to be truths and being called a kook and a conspiracy theorist for doing so. I have some uh, some affinity for that, I <laughs> yes. suppose. Yes, you've know what been feels like. called that for years yep. until reality caught up. Yes, uh, and in this case, reality winner. But we will get to all of that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, you will not want to miss my conversation with Ion Sancho on all of that and much more. But first, as quickly as I can jam it in here, several other fairly huge stories of note today uh, worth setting a bright blinking siren on top of in Donald Trump's damn near broken USA, getting more broken and endangered each minute that he remains in office. The U.S. on Wednesday ordered all non-essential government staff to leave Iraq. And in deference to its U.S. allies, Germany and the Netherlands both suspended their military assistance programs in the country as well. In the latest signs of tensions sweeping the Persian Gulf region, over what AP describes as still unspecified threats that the Trump administration claims are linked to Iran. Recent days have seen largely uncorroborated allegations of sabotage targeting oil tankers off the coast of the United Arab Emirates, a drone attack by Yemen's Iranian-allied Houthi rebels, and the dispatch of U.S. warships and bombers to the region in what appears to offer an unmistakable echo of past U.S. efforts to bang the drums of war in the Middle East. At the root of this, as AP describes it, President Trump's decision a year ago to pull the U.S. from Iran's nuclear deal with world powers, embarking on a maximalist sanctions campaign against Iran. In response, Iran's supreme leader issued what the U.S. is regarding as a veiled threat on Tuesday, saying that it would not be difficult for them to enrich uranium to weapons-grade levels if they wanted to. And, of course, why shouldn't they? The deal brokered by the Obama administration, which even the Trump administration admitted Iran had not violated, was subsequently scuttled by Donald Trump because, I guess, Fox News... (laughs) <laughs> they, uh, because they said it was a bad deal or something because it was brokered by the Obama administration. Who knows? Uh, but what is immediately driving the decisions from the White House remains unclear, AP explains. Uh, a high-ranking British general said there was no new threat from Iran or its regional proxies. Last week, U.S. officials said that they had detected signs of Iranian Preparations for potential attacks on U.S. forces and interests in the Middle East. But Washington has not spelled out that threat at all. An alert on the website of the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad uh, said all non-essential, non-emergency government staff were ordered to leave Iraq right away under State Department orders. And the USS Abraham Lincoln uh, aircraft carrier and strike group uh, has been ordered to the Gulf region along with four B-52 bombers. German uh, Germany's military said it was suspending training of Iraqi soldiers uh, because of all of this, though they, too, conceded that they knew of no specific threats to their own troops in Iraq. Germany said that they were, quote, orienting itself toward our partner countries. In other words, the U.S. Uh, is pretending there is a threat, is claiming that there's uh, some imminent attack. And so Germany, in deference to the U.S., is um, at least a suspending training of Iraqi soldiers, despite what they say, quote, is no concrete warnings of attacks against German targets. In the Netherlands, the state broadcaster NOS said its 50-person military mission in Iraq was halted, quote, until further orders, quoting a defense ministry spokesman as saying he could not elaborate on the threats either, perhaps because there are none, but they're hoping to curry favor with the U.S. as well. But there are no threats that that people can specify. That we know of, yeah, that anybody knows of. Sounds familiar. Doesn't it? Shockingly familiar. Now, there was on Tuesday um, a uh, coordinated drone attack on a critical oil pipeline in Saudi Arabia by Yemen's uh, Iran-aligned Houthi rebels. Uh, Saudi Arabia is Tehran's biggest rival in the region they've been at war with uh, Saudi Arabia has been at war with Yemen and backed by U.S. military aid which Congress in a rare bipartisan move recently attempted to stop only to be vetoed by Trump Saudi Aramco the government controlled oil company uh, said that oil and gas supplies were unaffected by the attack a satellite image obtained by the AP showed two black marks near where the Uh, This pipeline in question passes by the Aramco facility, but uh, said that it otherwise appeared to be intact. Uh, There were claims of sabotage to four oil tankers, uh, though, again, satellite images seen by the AP uh, revealed no visible damage to the vessels. The Minister of Foreign Affairs for the United Arab Emirates said an investigation into the alleged ship sabotage would be completed in the coming days with assistance from American and French investigators. He declined, however, to blame Iran for the attack. Nonetheless, this situation, for reasons that nobody uh, can really explain other than Donald Trump, Uh, having pulled out of the anti-nuclear treaty uh, and and implementing punishing sanctions once again on Iran. Uh, Oh, and he also has a few domestic problems back home that he might like to distract from. Uh, This situation seems to be quickly deteriorating for unknown reasons. And, uh, you know, we can't tell that it's being instigated by anything, whether it's corroborated uh, as being instigated by Iran or not at this point. doesn't seem to matter. Hostilities could easily be touched off here at this point. That despite Trump's claims while running for president that he was against stupid U.S. foreign wars, particularly in the Middle East. But I guess he was kidding. And under his watch and his stolen U.S. Supreme Court here back home, the domestic political wars are similarly heating up in state after state with emboldened Republicans hoping to overturn well-established precedent, protecting the constitutional right to abortion. As Kate Smith of CBS News reported yesterday, an 11-year-old girl in Ohio was allegedly raped by a 26-year-old multiple times leaving her pregnant, according to police reports. But a law passed in April in Ohio that is not yet in effect says that victims like her will have uh, no choice to have an abortion. They would have to carry and deliver their rapist's child. The new law in Ohio prohibits women from obtaining uh, an abortion after a fetal heartbeat is detected about five or six weeks into pregnancy before most women even know that they're pregnant. The law provides no exceptions for rape or incest in Ohio. Though the 11-year-old in this case won't be subject to the state's pending law, thousands of other women in the future would be. More than 4,000 women were raped in Ohio in 2017, according to the FBI. Of those, more than 800 victims were assaulted by family members. In the future... If the law is allowed to take effect as scheduled at the end of this year, if women become pregnant as a result of such crimes, Ohio's so-called fetal heartbeat bill would prohibit them from receiving an abortion any time after about six weeks. Uh, But that said, uh, that 11-year-old would have it pretty easy in Ohio compared to what Alabama's state legislature adopted on Tuesday as lawmakers voted to outlaw almost all. All abortions in the state, no exceptions for rape or incest, with a measure that would make performing an abortion at any stage of pregnancy, with almost no exceptions, a felony. The bill just minutes ago was signed by Republican Governor Kay Ivey. Uh, Putting an end to speculation as to whether she would sign it or not, this bill that will almost certainly will definitely be challenged uh, and perhaps make its way all the way up to the Supreme Court and perhaps result in the overturning of Roe v. Wade. What is being described as Alabama's total abortion ban was passed by the male-dominated state Senate on Tuesday night. It is so extreme that in some cases it would impose harsher penalties on doctors who perform the procedure than those who actually committed rape or incest. According to Elam Katami at Think Progress today, the bill would penalize abortion providers Uh, With jail time of 10 to 99 years for providing abortions, making it the harshest abortion ban in the country, senators voted down an amendment prior to the final vote that would have created exceptions for victims of rape or incest. In other words, the bill would essentially compel people who become pregnant as a result of rape or incest, including minors like that 11-year-old in Ohio, Or people with mental disabilities, they would all be required to carry their pregnancies to term, uh, in other words, forced mandatory pregnancy. In other words, the rapist gets to choose the mother of his child and gets to force that upon her. Yep. And under... uh well, uh, current Alabama law, those charged with rape in the first degree face a similar punishment to, to the uh, penalty the doctors will now face under the abortion ban. That's between 10 and 99 years. That's uh, rape in the first degree. Those who commit rape in the second degree face no more than 20 years in prison. Those charged with sexual abuse or incest face less than 10 years in prison. And uh, as uh, Katami notes, it is also important to uh, note here that most allegations of rape and sexual abuse go unreported entirely. So there is a very good chance that once this law goes into effect, that a doctor who performs a constitutionally protected medical procedure in Alabama could be jailed for a longer term than the person who raped the woman Seeking that medical procedure. Alabama State Senator Bobby Singleton, uh, who sponsored the amendment to add a Democrat who uh, sponsored the amendment to add rape and incest exceptions to the bill unsuccessfully, uh, made that point during a floor debate on Tuesday, uh, inviting three rape victims to the Senate and lamenting the fact that doctors who provide abortions face more jail time than rapists. He said, uh, something is wrong with that. This is a sad day in Alabama, adding what you just said to my little girl, that it's okay for a man to rape you and you got to have his baby if you get pregnant. You just said to my daughter, you don't matter. You don't matter in the state of Alabama. The only exception in this bill are for cases in which the pregnancy poses a health risk to the pregnant person. So uh, as the uh, governor has now signed this bill, the ACLU did not wait, putting out a statement last night on Twitter shouting, Breaking Alabama's legislature just passed a law that criminalizes doctors and makes abortion illegal. Abortion is not a crime. They write it's a constitutional right. We will sue to stop this law from ever taking effect. Well, good. Have I mentioned lately that elections matter? Yes. That elections and voting and having our votes counted as cast are the only apparent way out of this seemingly endless spiral this country is now in? Uh, Well, folks, we're voting on Tuesday in North Carolina in a do-over election for the U.S. House after a GOP absentee ballot Fraud scandal nullified the uh, the first uh, attempt in that U.S. House race last November Uh, and down in Florida, new revelations, sort of of Russian intrusion into the 2016 presidential election. Those stories and much more are all ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. Welcome back. It's your happy Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. North Carolina Republicans have controlled the state's 9th congressional district since 1963. And in November of last year, the party celebrated a narrow 905 vote victory over the Democratic candidate in the U.S. House district there uh, in um, what appeared to be a long, unbroken streak of Republicans holding the 9th congressional House district seat. But on Tuesday of this week, Republican voters found themselves picking someone else to represent them in a do-over election after last year's seeming success collapsed in the wake of a GOP absentee ballot fraud scheme. That left the race uh, uncertified by the state. By night's end on Tuesday of this week, the AP was projecting the state uh, Senator Dan Bishop, who some refer to as Senator Bathroom Bill, uh, after he wrote and sponsored North Carolina's law over bathroom access for transgender people. Senator uh, Bathroom Bill Bishop will be the party's Republican candidate in the September 10 general election do-over race. ...against Democrat Dan McCready. Bishop, who closely aligned himself with President Trump during the primary campaign, reportedly won almost 48 percent of the vote in a 10-person circus of a primary race on Tuesday, filled with all manner of uh, GOP clowns, with more than 30 percent of the votes uh, won by Bishop. That means a GOP runoff will be avoided, so the general election will now happen in September. North Carolina regulators ordered this new election after they concluded in February that an operative hired by Republican candidate and preacher Mark Harris had illegally collected and filled in absentee ballots for Harris. Uh, Harris appeared to have won the election by just 905 votes. But once the uh, revelations of this fraud began to come to light, There were hearings, investigation, everything else. And after Harris's own son testified against him in a public hearing earlier this year, asserting that his dad knew that the GOP operative in question had committed similar fraud in elections in the past in North Carolina, including in the primary last year, Mark Harris hired him anyway, even though, as his own son said, he knew. Harris decided not to run in this do-over election and instead endorsed a guy by the name of Stoney Rushing, who was a gun rights activist who dressed like Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard. I'm not kidding. This was a circus. Rushing, however, ended up losing to Bishop, who won with a campaign ad featuring inflatable clowns, bearing the likeness of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Congresswoman o- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Representative Elon Omar and Senator Elizabeth Warren. Nobody challenged McCready on the Democratic side. So uh, the race is on. The Dan versus Dan race in uh, North Carolina's 9th District is on for September. Uh, McCready. The Democrat, the Democratic Dan, uh, is a former Marine. He proved a skilled candidate last year in the district that went for Donald Trump in 2016 by 12 points. And yet McCready came within 905 votes of winning and actually likely did win, uh, were it not for the fraudulent uh, ballots that were cast on behalf of the Republican and other ballots that may have never been cast By Democrats. Following the the Republican primary on Tuesday night, McCready released a statement saying, quote, I got into this race because I felt a calling to serve our country. But what keeps me in this race is a calling to serve the people. After all of the election fraud perpetrated by my opponent, it would have been easy to throw in the towel But the Marine Corps taught me that you don't take on a fight because it's easy. You take on a fight because it's the right thing to do. I am still fighting for everyone in our district who deserves lower health care costs, great public schools and a secure Medicare. But we can't let Senator Bishop get to Washington with his agenda to continue to destroy thousands of jobs, keep medication unaffordable and undermine public school teachers. So that race is on, not until September, however, uh, incredibly a long uh, time between the primary and the general. Uh, and there's another one coming up in North Carolina in uh, actually, I think it'll be also in September to replace a, uh, a Republican in the third congressional district, Walter Jones, who passed away recently. So uh, two Vacant seats remain in uh, the U.S. House for the good folks of North Carolina. But hey, speaking of elections and fraud and Donald Trump, did you hear what happened in Florida this week? Did you hear what happened in Florida back in 2016? If you didn't, you will now, as new allegations about the Sunshine State's electoral system being uh, infiltrated by Russian intelligence before the last presidential election have now come to light. 30-year Florida election official Ion Sancho joins us next on what we now know, what we still don't, and what all of it means for 2020. That's straight ahead on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Actually, uh, not such a good day uh, in the Sunshine State. I will explain why. Welcome back to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Late last month, Florida's Republican Senator Marco Rubio said in a New York Times article that Russian hackers had infiltrated Florida's county-level election systems In 2016, in advance of that year's presidential election in which Donald Trump is said to have narrowly won the state of Florida and its 29 electoral votes by a margin of just over 1%, 1 1.2% to be exact, over Hillary Clinton. That's about 113,000 votes out of well over 9 million cast in the Sunshine State. Senator Rubio detailed the attack to The New York Times at least somewhat as including a malicious virus that was sent by the GRU, a Russian military intelligence unit, to government officials who were handling 2016 county elections. Though the hackers, he said, quote, were in a position to alter voter roll data, Rubio said they didn't appear to do so, according to the information that he had been given. The Republican senator's comments came after special counsel Robert Mueller's report in its redacted version had said that the FBI believed the GRU had successfully gained access to the, quote, network of at least one Florida county government. Now, as we noted at the time, You may recall that then-Senator Bill Nelson, a Democrat, had mentioned something very similar a year or so ago, and he was lambasted for it by Republicans, including by his 2018 re-election opponent, Florida's then-Republican Governor Rick Scott. While Nelson said he was not at liberty at the time to discuss details of what he had learned via intelligence sources, Nelson's remarks were treated as... Crazy conspiracy theory, even though they echoed a classified document that had been leaked to The Intercept, uh, uh, allegedly by an NSA contractor named Reality Winner, who is currently jailed and facing prosecution for that leak. Senator Nelson would subsequently go on to lose his 2018 reelection bid to Republican Governor Rick Scott in a very close contest. And Republican Ron DeSantis would go on to very narrowly defeat Democrat Andrew Gillum to become the Sunshine State's next governor. Both races were close enough that for the first time in the state's history, there was statewide recounts in both races. I put the word recounts in air quotes, which you can't see on the radio because, well, it's Florida. And recount may not be the right way to describe the process. In Florida, the recount largely consists of running the same ballots through the same computer scanners that tabulated them either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows the first time? In any event, according to the redacted Mueller report, which echoes much of what we had previously learned from that leaked NSA document, Quote, in addition to targeting individuals involved in the Clinton campaign, GRU officials also targeted individuals and entities involved in the administration of the elections. Victims included U.S. state and local entities, such as state boards of elections, secretaries of state and county governments, as well as individuals who worked for those entities. The GRU also targeted private technology firms responsible for manufacturing and administrating election-related software and hardware, such as voter registration software and electronic polling stations. The GRU continued to target these victims through the elections in November of 2016. While the special counsel's investigation identified evidence that the GRU targeted these individuals and entities, the special counsel's office did not investigate further. The office did not, for instance, obtain or examine servers or other relevant items belonging to these victims. The office understands that the FBI, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the states have separately investigated that activity. That's what uh, Mueller writes in his report. But as we have noted, Now, countless times on this program, the Department of Homeland Security did not separately investigate, obtain or examine servers or other relevant items. As was made clear in June of 2017 at a Senate Intelligence Committee uh, hearing in which Oregon's Senator Ron Wyden specifically asked the DHS's top cybersecurity official, a woman by the name of Jeanette Manfra, whether her department had in fact examined things like voting systems for malware or mistabulation following the 2016 election
0: has the department conducted any kind of post election forensics on the voting machines that were used in 2016.
1: we have not our department has not conducted forensics on specific voting machines so Mueller says he didn't. He says DHS did. DHS said, mm, no, we didn't. Now, as The New York Times noted last month, although the successful spear attempt that was said uh, at the time to have successfully penetrated at least one Florida county's voter registration database, that had first been brought to light nearly two years ago when The Intercept cited that National Security Agency report Nonetheless, state officials said they were certain no election computers had been compromised. But the Mueller report turned that assertion on its head by saying the FBI believes that this operation enabled the GRU to gain access to the network of at least one Florida county government. The report sent Florida officials scurrying once again for specifics, trying to figure out which county was Mueller talking about. Could there have been more than one? The paper asked. Well, as of Tuesday of this week, according to Florida's new Republican governor, Ron DeSantis, we know that, yes, there was more than one Florida county penetrated by Russian intelligence in the 2016 presidential election. As AP reports, Russian hackers gained access to voter databases in two Florida counties ahead of the 2016 presidential election according to Republican Governor Ron DeSantis at a news conference on Tuesday. DeSantis said the hackers didn't manipulate any data and the election results were not compromised, though how he or anybody else knows that remains unclear. DeSantis and officials from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement were briefed by the FBI and Department of Homeland Security on Friday. Last Friday, 2019, about two and a half years after the event was said to have occurred in some six months since Florida's Democratic three-term U.S. Senator Bill Nelson reportedly lost his election in one of the closest in state history to the Republican governor who had ridiculed Nelson's accurate warnings that foreign intelligence sources had infiltrated Florida's election systems. The state's new Republican governor on Tuesday, who also won by one of the slimmest margins in state history, said that he signed an agreement with the FBI not to disclose the names of those two counties in questions. uh, But elections officials in those counties were aware of the intrusions. DeSantis claimed he was frustrated when he saw the vague reference to hacking in Mueller's report, though he added that the FBI and Homeland Security officials said Florida is ahead of the curve in election cybersecurity before the 2020 election. Former Leon County Elections Supervisor Ion Sancho told the AP that his greatest worries were that the state does not bother to check the state's mostly hand marked paper ballots to make sure the computer optical scanners actually tallied any of them correctly as per voters intent after any election, which would serve as perhaps the most important check on the system to make sure that manipulation or even programming error uh, of, of vote tabulation systems did not happen. Joining us now for insight on all of this is our old friend Ion Sancho, the legendary 30-year now former, sadly, former supervisor of elections from Leon County, which includes Tallahassee. That's the state's capital. He uh, retired in 2016, but he was so well regarded by the state officials. On both sides of the aisle that he was named to oversee the insanely controversial, if eventually aborted, presidential election recount back in 2000 in Florida, when the U.S. Supreme Court stopped the counting altogether, awarding the state and the presidency to George W. Bush over Al Gore by just 537 votes, at least according to the state's tabulation system at the time. Mr. Sancho, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. How are you doing, Brad? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, I've got a lot to ask you about here. And I also want to get your thoughts on the uh, Florida legislature's new bill that guts the voters' overwhelming passage of uh, last November's Amendment 4, which restores voting rights to some one and a half million former felons. But let's start with the statement from Governor DeSantis on Tuesday, Ion, that at least two counties voting or voter registration systems had been infiltrated in 2016. First, why are we not allowed to know which counties are referred to here? Why is this classified information? And do you, Ion, have any insider knowledge from your fellow election officials about which counties are in question here?
0: Well, the, the latter question is the easiest to answer. I, I don't know which two counties, if it was only two counties, Brad, mm-hmm. because the Justice Department has continued to obfuscate and lie about this situation from the very beginning. I was on a confidential call Mm -hmm. on September 30th in which all 67 election officials here in the state and the state election officials were informed by the FBI that no county had been hacked. Mm -hmm. The state hadn't been hacked. They told us that. Mm -hmm. And we now know from the documentation that's been released through Intercept and and Mueller, Mm -hmm. That was false. The FBI lied to the state's election officials um, and local election officials on September 30th, 2016. We now know from the documentation sometime in early August the successful uh, penetration occurred. And and here's the, the, the crazy thing about it. The Russian GRU knows which counties they've penetrated. Mm-hmm. The only people that don't know are the election officials and the citizens <laughs> Voters of the state, we're the ones that are kept ignorant in this. The Russians know who they successfully penetrated, and it's time the American citizenry, particularly Floridians, figured out that information. And this is not to throw uh, brickbats and, and attack the supervisor of elections of those counties. The GRU's technology has brought nations to its knees, and I'm specifically referring to to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Cyber attacks are far beyond a local jurisdiction to block out, and, and we know it, it, it wasn't, as our president falsely asserted, some 400-pound guy in his mom's basement. This was the most sophisticated intelligence operation in the world, and they have fired a salvo on Florida and, and over 30 other jurisdictions. And quite frankly, I think it was a fishing expedition. They were collecting information. You do a reconnaissance before a major attack, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've had the major attack yet.
1: Well, that's somewhat chilling. Ion. Uh, do you think that, I- is it possible that when you had that meeting, and to be clear, you were still uh, Leon County Election uh, Director for the presidential election in 2016, correct?
0: That is correct. I was the supervisor of elections. I received a memo saying that there was a confidential call, which I had to, uh, I had to attend, mm-hmm. and I was to inform no one about, and it was from the FBI in Jacksonville uh, who informed us that a a, a, a foreign nationality mm-hmm. had tried to maliciously attack a, a vendor who did work in Florida. Uh, we all knew it was VR mm-hmm. um, because it's the, it's the dominant software operator in this state and, quite frankly, in other states, uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina. Other states use the VR software and electronic voter ID systems. And I'm heartened that Senator Wyden has identified Durham, North Carolina, as a potential investigation site because on election day, Durham County, a largely African-American jurisdiction, its VR solution voter ID check-in system failed. Uh, uh, People walked away from voting. We don't know what the damage was caused. But, again, no one's investigated this. We know Homeland Security hasn't investigated this, and I can tell you the state of Florida hasn't investigated the local Supervisor Elections Office. And uh, again, I'd like to know who did it, simply because we can study the data from those counties to see if there was an effect.
1: So we don't we don't know. Uh, OK, so w- when they told you uh, before 2016 that they had not infiltrated you, you accused them of lying. Is it possible that they did not yet know uh, exactly the extent of whatever the intrusion was that that took? Uh, no, some no, time?
0: It, it's pretty it's pretty clear they already knew they had the mm-hmm. they had the information. You know, basically, we even know who the individual was. It was Anatoly Sergeyevich Kovalev. Of uh, of the GRU, who is assigned the job to infiltrate Florida state and county election board, and, and the so level of information that is available to us now, once reality winner broke the the, the, the top secret mm-hmm. bar that had prevented any of knowing anything, because again, we would not know any of this but for the fact that this lady took it upon herself to tell the American people what occurred. This is much earlier than the Mueller report, right? And uh, we sent her to jail for five years, and quite frankly, in my opinion, she's a heroine. And I will tell you that I want to know why someone in the Homeland Security decided to keep critical information from state and local election officials. Why weren't we
1: told? I'm still having trouble figuring out why we are not being told now. I mean, I don't understand why we can't be told uh, who these supposed two counties were, because we, yes, as you note, you know, we'd be able to look at it. We'd be able to see, oh, look, there was a, a high undervote rate there or a lot of provisional ballots were uh, cast for some reason in those jurisdictions. And it would help us understand if there was, as you say, more than two, just two counties. But even the larger question, Ion, uh, that we don't seem to know is, uh, you know what, we keep hearing this insistence from DeSantis, from the FBI, from the DHS, from everyone that, oh, yes, they got into the system, but they did nothing. Apparently, they didn't change any voter data. They didn't change any actual results. But uh, well, if they lied before, they could lie again, but more troubling than that, I, I have no idea how they even know that no voter data, no uh, voting data, no results were actually changed. Do do you have any idea where they come up with that claim?
0: Uh, no, I I don't know how they come up with that claim because, quite frankly, we, we don't have the ability to block state-level penetration tax at any level. Mm-hmm. If you're using a Cisco router mm-hmm. and you haven't updated it, you're using a tool that is completely controlled by the Russian GRU. I received a technical advisory uh, last year on how the Russians had figured out how to go through Cisco mm-hmm. uh, routers. They specialize in cyber attacks far beyond our ability to understand and block. As far as I know, the FBI, the NSA, NASA have all been successfully hacked. So the issue should immediately be, what can we do to ensure that if we're attacked, we can verify our voters' votes? And that leads me right back to the fact that we've got to have audits. You must have complete, statistical, scientifically sound audits. That's what we've got to do right off the bat, because we're not going to be able to block some of these attacks. We may not even be able to detect the attacks until after they occur, and that's not good enough. But what we can do is ensure that our voters, as former homeland head Kristen Nielsen said, mm-hmm. if you're not voting on a paper ballot and you're not doing an audit, you're a national security threat. And election officials around this country have not taken that message to heart. You just recently saw that Georgia adopted an ESNS device, which is not voter verifiable, right? Because it 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 only counts the votes from a barcode, which an individual cannot translate.
1: Well, but they also claim that it prints out a human uh, readable uh, text of the vote. But cybersecurity experts uh, say that that is also uh, not verifiable. We don't know if voters accurately are able to uh, to, to verify. That human readable text, even if anybody bothered to, uh, to 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 count it, but they don't. You're right; they use the barcodes. But at least in Florida, you've got hand marked paper ballots for the most I part. Worked. You I don't
0: did until this legislative session, Brad.
1: And that has changed now. We're moving to computer marked uh, paper ballots there again yes, in Florida. Yes,
0: while while the whole world has been complaining about others' uh, barcodes, I noticed in the bill that I was doing analysis for amendment four, mm-hmm. which by the way was wrapped up in a major election chain, which is they, they put everything together, that new section Florida ninety seven point oh two one definition forty one says the voter interface device can't count votes. Um, it has to go to a separate device to count the votes. Mm-hmm. What they what they're doing is they're changing an optical scan ballot to a mark sense ballot away from a voter verifiable ballot? You can either vote on a, ma- a marked mark sense ballot or a voter verifiable paper ballot. That's how the law was changed in this session. And the reason being is because ES&S wants to sell those uh, express SXL systems yeah. to Florida jurisdictions and the supervisor of elections that had ES&S property. Went to the Florida Legislature and got them to change from a voter verifiable ballot to a mark sense ballot or a voter verifiable ballot. And in Section 101, it further defines that all voting must be by mark sense ballot, either through a marking device or a voter interface that produces a voter verifiable record. So for this, yes. everything had to be on a voter verifiable. Paper ballot, and they've changed the word ballot in the law to paper output, not ballot,
1: which allows the them to use computer marked, computer printed ballots rather than hand marked, which we know actually represents the 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 intent of the voter. So now Florida goes from uh, elections that were not verified to back to potentially elections that are not even verifiable even if we want to. What does uh, Florida currently do? Is there a process in place right now for the hand-marked paper ballots uh, to, to check to make sure that the machines tabulated them accurately? Is there uh, well, any not, process? Not in a
0: recount. Not in a recount. There is available technology with a half, which a half a dozen counties utilize mm-hmm. to do a machine audit against the uh, original ballots. Every ballot is re-scanned into another uh, uh, another system um, but it, that's not allowed to be used in a recount and you correctly identified earlier that Florida does not even have a recount we have a rescan. Yep. a rescan in which if in fact the software had been tampered with it's going to provide you with the same erroneous figure that you got before and any ballot that is read through an optical scan device in the state of Florida is presumed correct. Correct. Uh, it's an insane presumption, but it, it stems from the 2002 Republican reforms in which they valued finality over accuracy. They didn't want any more 37-day ballot counting rigmarose. Yeah. And so basically everything is... You accept those numbers, and I will tell you it's a terrible assumption. Florida voters are not well protected, um, and this is this is in spite of the, you know, despite the fact that again, Governor Scott apparently was never told about the the incursion into Florida election. Governor Scott, by the way, is the chief election official in the state of Florida because the governor appoints. The Secretary of State mm-hmm. in this state—it's a partisan appointment, right? Only that the governor gets to make. And so, um, the governor and the Secretary of State were apparently never even told of the successful incursion that happened to the two counties.
1: Do, do never you? Told. Do you have any reason to believe, Ion, that uh, whatever occurred before 2016? Uh, was no longer occurring in the state in 2018, last November, uh, and no, for that matter, no, that I, it's I, yeah, that it's that it won't happen uh, before the 2020 election.
0: I, I have no confidence at all, given the history of the division of elections, Bureau of Certification. Um, you, you've got to remember this state certified; they certified mm-hmm. um, the ES and S devices with wireless built in. Wireless is built in to these voting machines.
1: Wireless modems, for people who don't understand. You're talking about wireless modems that could uh, be uh, infiltrated via cell phone, for example.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're going to transmit data, in my opinion, it has to be, it has to be analog only. You know, you're going to have to use a hard line to send data. You shouldn't send it wireless. It can be intercepted through a stingray. Uh, for those of you that don't know what a stingray is, it's a law enforcement device yep. that allows the law enforcement officials to intercept self-communication.
1: T- uh, right. And it
0: is not illegal for those that technology to be utilized.
1: Ion, uh, I've got just a few minutes here. I want to hit a, a couple of uh, related uh, points and, and get a thought on Amendment 4 from you as well. But the uh, then-governor, now uh, Senator Rick Scott, had ridiculed... Uh, Senator Bill Nelson, Democratic Senator Bill Nelson, uh, for saying that Russians had hacked election systems and had, quote, free reign to move about ahead of last year's midterm elections. Bill Nelson eventually lost in that very narrow race with uh, now Senator Rick Scott. Uh, Your thoughts on the way uh, Nelson was, uh, well, I guess, uh, treated after he made those statements. Well, Nelson was
0: vilified as being old and senile for saying such a ridiculous thing. And actually, he was right. He heard it at the Senate uh, Intelligence Committee. And quite frankly, the individual who really stockfalls in my eyes is Senator Rubio, who confirmed what Senator Nelson said only after the election. Hmm. So he-, he could have told the truth and said, Senator Nelson is raising a valid point without without mm-hmm. basically saying how the information was. Received. He kept his mouth shut. He put his party over this nation. Did he know? or did, for it today.
1: Did, did, uh, do we know that Rubio actually knew what Nelson was talking about at that time?
0: Yes, he was part of the same intelligence committee that, that briefed, that briefed mm. Nelson.
1: He was in the same briefing. Unbelievable, uh, Ion. I've got just a, another minute or two here. I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, another very important story for uh, voting story for Florida and will be important in twenty twenty. Uh, we've been uh, covering, of course, the landmark civil rights victory in Florida last November when state voters overwhelmingly by uh, about 65 percent, which almost never happens in any election in Florida, adopted state constitutional amendment four, uh, which restores voting rights to some one and a half million former felons. It, that includes about uh, one out of every five African-American uh, voters in the state. Uh, who had shamefully had their voting rights denied for life in Florida. Um, but now the uh, this uh, passed, and as of January, all of those folks are now welcome to register. But now the GOP-controlled legislature, a week or two ago, passed a new measure requiring former felons to pay off all court fees and fines before they're allowed to register to vote, which means if you have money, you can vote. If you don't have money, you can't vote. Uh, Critics call this a new poll tax in Florida. uh, And it also seems to undermine both the word and the spirit of the landmark Amendment 4. Uh, I don't know if DeSantis has yet signed that bill. Um, It seems like he will. Your thoughts on that new measure and whether uh, DeSantis will sign it?
0: Well, what the Republicans did was reprehensible. The overwhelming clear language of the bill refers to completing your sentence. And probation and, and, and parole. That's those three things were mentioned in the amendment that passed. The fees were not mentioned at all, mm. in the Repu- and the And you've got to remember, Florida really is one of those. Uh, we've had Republicans in control of the state completely in every branch since 1998, mm. and so Florida has kind of, in many ways, been the the incubator. Of many things, including cash register justice, in which if you are, you're going to be charged user fees and instead of the state trying to pay for the criminal justice system, they put massive fines upon conviction on, on individuals. Uh, this, if, you, if you have to go to the infirmary for medical care, you're charged. Drug testing that you have to do, you're charged. And these charges can add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. I spoke to one woman who had a $59 million judgment against her, and she, was, she testified before the Senate committee, stating, you know, I'll never be able to vote, ever in my life. I can't mm. pay a $59 million judgment. And, and you have to realize that, particularly in conspiracy cases, they lump everybody together. Mm. In fact, it's, it's really ridiculous, because this was not what the Florida citizens votes war. This is clearly restricting the right to vote based upon who can afford to pay. Jim Crow has been reestablished in Florida, and the governor will probably sign it.
1: Uh, and, and if he does, as I understand, uh, many former felons who have already registered to vote since Amendment 4 took effect in January, those people will have their voting rights removed yet again. Is that right? Yes, in the same legislation that
0: we're talking about, the the state set up a process to start collecting information from clerks of courts um, basically to find out how much money people owe so they can charge you. They've set up a task force of which only two supervisors of elections are a member of this multi-member task force to try to determine how to get the most accurate figure, because nobody's tracking these figures the state doesn't know who owes fines or not so they have to set up this elaborate process it's going to cost millions of dollars to do what they're going to do but they'll get exactly what they want that is they're going to limit the impact of amendment four and not restore citizens
1: rights to vote well, let's hope it is uh, blocked in some fashion or at least put on hold until after 2020. Ion Sancho, uh, former, as I call him, legendary Leon County, Florida supervisor of elections, uh, where he uh was was in office for some 30 years before finally retiring but he is still not retiring from speaking out about uh all manners that matters that are important to Florida voters It is greatly appreciated Ion. you can find him on the Twitters if you like he is ion Sancho one Ion great talking to you again my friend uh and we'll probably be shouting again soon take care Brad thank you brother. Okay, I gotta get out. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, you can find, follow, and share everything we do. Uh, at the Brad blog and my thanks to those of you who make it all possible by stopping by bradblog.com/ donate. We are 100% listener supported thanks to folks like you. That's it until we meet again tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck world.